0: Now, the Subway Final Word. Good evening. I'm Albie Ochsenreiter. Welcome to the often imitated but never duplicated Subway Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. And let's get started. The only way we know how. Tonight's three panelists, please welcome the afternoon
1: host at 105.9 EX, Mark Madden. Albie, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, the former NFL GM, said Ben Roethlisberger would be the worst quarterback in the AFC North this year. Dude, didn't you draft Mark Sanchez?
0: <laughs> from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dale Lawley's back. To piggyback off of what Mark just said,
2: this is the time of year uh, where you hear a lot of different crazy statements made. Uh, we're two weeks out from the games being played for real. That's when it will really matter. And also from
0: DK Pittsburgh Sports, hi, Chris Carter.
3: Guys, just got to give a quick shout-out. Rest in peace to the great Chadwick Boseman. Wakanda forever. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking
0: for five words. Where the Steelers will improve the most in twenty twenty. Should the Steelers look to be more of a passing team or a running team this season? What impact will Capanen have on the Penguins? And what's the best thing you've seen from the Bucks at the halfway point? But first, the night's big topic. How will the lack of preseason games affect the caliber of play in the NFL and the Steelers in particular? Mark, you start us off.
1: I can tell you how it affects me, Albie. I always use the exhibition games to mark time before the regular season started. Like, you know, two exhibition games, okay, we're a couple more weeks, three exhibitions, one more week, final exhibition, you're ready to play. Uh, I think the play will be sloppy initially. I don't think terribly so. With the Steelers, it worries me that a guy like Chase Claypool might not get the snaps that his talent merits, and in particular, the snaps that his red zone talent, his target Don low. Merit. Uh, I think he could be a big find for that Steelers offense right away, but Tomlin don't like to play rookies, let alone guys who ain't played an exhibition game. So I wonder how the lack of preseason affects Claypool in particular.
2: Dale? Mark, I can tell you, don't worry about that. Claypool is going to play. Uh, where you're going to see it the most, I believe, is on special teams uh, because most of those guys making up special teams are the young guys, and so I think early in the, in the season, particularly, you're going to see some sloppiness out there. I asked Danny Smith about that uh, last week, and he was concerned about it as well, although he feels he'll have his, his team ready to, do, to to play. But I think you're going to see perhaps some guys uh, getting out of lanes. I think you'll see more big returns, or more returns called back early in the season across the league, particularly on special teams that uh, because these guys just aren't used to NFL play. Chris?
3: Absolutely, I actually think the Steelers are in one of the best situations because of how many veteran leaders they already have on their team. They have a standard. They can set the standard, but there's a lot of really young teams out there and that includes in the AFC North. The Bengals for one have a rookie quarterback with a with an offensive tackle that's supposed to protect him that didn't even play last year because he missed the whole season. Then you got young quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was impressive last year, but you still have to get in get a rhythm with your offense again and it took Ben time to do that. So I think it's going to be rough for the younger teams. The Steelers might actually to see an advantage, but definitely expect the sloppy plays, like Dale says, on special teams and probably a few more false start type of penalties.
0: Dale, uh, the younger players maybe especially will be affected by this. Yeah, without a doubt, Albie. I mean, I
2: think when you look at that, uh, not having any preseason games, is that's really where it's going to show up. Uh, you know, you kind of get the, the jitters out of the way. You get your first taste of NFL experience, uh, you know, in those preseason games. That's really who the preseason games are for. It's for the young guys to get their feet wet a little bit. Uh, to Mark's point about Chase Claypool. It would have been nice for a guy like him to get some special teams t- or some some preseason games. That didn't happen. Uh, that's going to happen starting September 14th.
1: Well, and I'll be with the Vets. They barely play in the preseason anyway, so I don't think they'll be any sloppier for having not played exhibitions. I think Ben's going to come out of the gate right quick.
0: All right. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on where the Steelers will improve the most in 2020. First, social media. Uh, Let's see. I say quarterback, Hot Rod says. Ben, 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 Ben. And finally, quarterback, 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 red zone. Now Mark, Dale, and Chris. Five words on where the Steelers will improve the most. Mark's first.
1: Well, to echo that last dope on social media, uh, the red zone, I hope, And now that I know from Dale that Chase Claypool's going to play, I'm legitimately relieved uh, in that regard because I think that kid's going to be a force inside the 20. I think Eric Ebron is going to be a force inside the 20. Ben's always wanted big targets inside the 20, and now I think he's spoiled for choice. And to get back to the other dopes on social media, yeah, Ben's backs, that's going to hike the success rate in the red zone. They were worst last year, best uh, the year before that, you know Ben played one year didn't play the next so no coincidence there.
0: All right Dale five words more dangerous
2: offense equals defense um, uh, to the, the point that uh, our, the, the that we just talked about there with the red zone. Uh, if the Steelers score more points think about it this way that uh, defense last year played with a, a lead of more than a touchdown for just over 100 minutes all of last season and still led the league in sacks and interceptions. How many more will they get this year, especially the sacks, uh, if they're playing with more leads? They didn't have that last year. Most of those games were one-score games one way or the other. Uh, This defense could really benefit from having Ben Roethlisberger back.
3: All right, Chris, five words. Communication and chemistry on defense. It would be redundant to say the offense is going to be better. Duh, we know that. And, yes, the defense is going to benefit. But here's the thing. That defense was extremely young last year with Devin Bush and Minka Fitzpatrick and even T.J. Watt. Now they've played together. Now they know each other. They've had. A, I think if Fitzpatrick's had a whole offseason to work with the playbook. This defense is going to be much more in sync with what it needs to do and when it needs to do it. All right. When we come back, should the Steelers look to be more of a passing team or a running
0: team this season? A mix of both is what that uh, tweeter says. Back with more of the Subway Final Word right after this.
1: final
0: word welcome back I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden Dale Lawley and Chris Carter and we're going to go to Chris for the
3: start of this one should the Steelers look to be more of a passing team or running team this season Chris I think the sweet spot is just finding a balance yes But I think pass to set up the run. You got Ben Roethlisberger back. You're going to have young receivers. You got Eric Ebron. Use that as a threat. When teams start to see Ben's deep ball is back, they're going to respect the run game. They're going to respect the pass game more, which is going to open up the run game. A lot of times last year, even when teams didn't load the box, you saw linebackers and safeties. Their first step always forward, always moving right, right to the line. With Ben back, if he scares them with that deep ball, it's going to set up the run game, and then you'll find that balance. But absolutely, the passing game got to lead the way.
0: All right. Here's a comment that uh, goes in line with that. Have to go with a throwing offense, especially with Ben back. Uh, Dale, you're next.
2: Yeah, I agree with Chris. I mean, I think the the passing game or the threat of the passing game will open up the running game more. I don't think you're going to see a a, a mix like they had two years ago when it was, uh, you know, basically two to one uh, pass to run ratio. I I think it's more 60-40 this year, which is more in in tune with what the league is as a whole. uh, and, And I think that works. Uh, You don't want Ben Roethlisberger leading the league in passing attempts as he did two years ago with 675. I think if you cut that down by 100 or so passes, that's only five or six passes a game. But I I think it takes some of the pressure off of your quarterback at 38 coming back off of an arm injury. Mark,
1: I don't think there's any such thing as a running team in the NFL these days. I think it's a passing league. There are exceptions like uh, like Tennessee, I guess. And the Steelers do have to be able to run the ball to, to offset just you know, waiting on Ben Roethlisberger to throw. But I agree with what Dale said. With Ben Roethlisberger this year, less is going to be more. And uh, I'm curious to see if he accepts being less of a gunslinger and more of a game manager. I don't want him to you know turn into Neil O'Donnell, but I don't want him to be Brett Favre when Brett was swirling around the drain either. And uh, the, if Ben can throw 100 balls less this year, I'm with Dale. I think that's what would work best.
0: All right. The Stanley Cup playoffs continue, of course, without the Penguins, which means in the wake of the trade, all focus has shifted to next season. So what impact will Capitan have on the Penguins? Uh, And we're going to start this one with Dale. Well, you know, I I think the biggest
2: impact right now is that once again, they want a first round draft pick, Uh, you know, so I I get it. He's he's your infusion of young, uh, young talent into the organization. Uh, They liked him uh, enough to draft him uh, first uh, a few years ago. Uh, but you're talking about a down-the-line player here. Uh, it, it's all about, to me, uh, can Sidney Crosby, can Evgeny Malkin, uh, can these guys stay healthy as, as they get older? Um, you'd like to have some sec- secondary scoring from a guy like Ka- uh, Kapanen, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, I still think this is a, a team that's going to be driven by its stars.
0: All right. He will bring speed and youth. The Penguins wanted to get younger and faster, and that's what they got with him Uh, They weren't going to get a better player at 15 than him. He will score 20 to 25 goals at around 60 points. Thanks, Chris. And
3: now to the other Chris. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's what that guy actually said about the speed. That's what I looked at when I saw his profile. I was like, man, this is a guy who can get down there. The last time when the pens were winning championships, they had guys who could get down the ice put the pressure on the other team. Use that speed to build around your stars. And yes, Dale's right. They need those superstars to be the superstars and to be healthy for the playoffs, but putting speed around them to allow them other players to put the pressure on the other team and then let the stars make the plays themselves. I Think that's the key. If cabinet is going to do that great. And I think that'll put the, the Penguins in a much better place. Mark.
1: Not crazy about giving up a first round pick. I remember in my youth when they got guys like Hartland Monahan and Rod shut for first round picks and that didn't work out so well. But when Jim Rutherford stated his intent to keep the core three together of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, then deals like this were inevitable because if you're going to keep the core three, you're playing it like the window is open. Even if it might not be, this is going to wind up like Detroit, Chicago and the LA Kings where the stars get a farewell tour and the team goes splat sooner and not later. That said, I think Kapanen's a good fit. The Penguins now have six top two lines forwards that will fit together well in just about any combination. So in terms of what he brings to the team with the speed, the skill and hopefully the scoring, I do like that. So where do you see them next year, Mark? I think they're a playoff team and anything on top of that would be a bonus.
0: All right. The pirates still only have 10 wins, but they've won six of 10 leading up to the halfway point of this shortened season. (laughs) We're halfway there. All right. So what's the best thing you've seen from the pirates at the halfway point of this shortened season? Back to Mark.
1: The best thing about the pirates being halfway done with the season is that they're halfway done with the season. (laughs) And I can't wait to see what they give up with the trade deadline tomorrow. Although they don't have much of value, maybe Musgrove leaves, maybe Williams leaves. But then again, who's your starting rotation going to be? And when those guys leave and they might, and even if they stay, I want all you Bucko fans and especially you Bucko fanboy media to realize this. They were always going to be terrible this year. They might be even worse next year. They might be even worse the year after that. This ownership group has no intention of trying to win ever, and I know that's true because there's no plan in place. There's nothing beyond making money on the agenda.
0: All right, from Facebook, Edward says, my prediction of being 15 and 45 is right on so far. Uh, Dale, uh, what do you see, and what's been the positive at the halfway point, if there's any for you?
2: Actually, Edward, your your prediction of 15 wins is not on. They're going to probably surpass that, but not by much. And I, I think at this point you have to look at this and say, well, uh, nobody's died. I mean, they, they just, they've, they've just not been a good baseball team. And I don't think that's a surprise to anybody who was actually paying attention to what, what this team was doing in the offseason. This was not a team that was built to necessarily win this year. Um, you know, they're kind of trying to rebuild something. And we'll see whether that works or not. But certainly, um, you know, it, it's, I think they had to get uh, worse and a lot
1: worse before they could get better again.
0: All right, uh, before we go to Chris Mark, any reaction
1: to what he just said? Well, well no, anything past they stink is just, you know, window dressing. It's, it's not a hard team to describe. Uh, I will say that they don't know how to play baseball either. Not only do they have no talent, but <laughs> they make mistake after mistake after mistake. And that's to be expected when you make an amateur the manager.
3: All right, Chris. No, but that's the bottom line. We knew going into this team. We said on this very show going into this season that this team was not going to be good and the one thing I will say is that the they have endured a huge rush of injuries and and they've at least found a way to win some games from that Their, that 15 win game prediction that the guy was making that was made before we even saw the injuries happen. So I mean. If you want to give kudos to them, yay for that. You can twirl your flag around. But the bottom line is that they stink. They're going to take time to rebuild. We knew that was coming. It's going to be still a long haul from here.
0: All right. When we come back, around the horn on any topic, the Final Word wraps up next on the Subway Final Word.
1: The Subway
0: Final Word. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word.
3: Everybody gets a chance and Chris Carter goes first. Joe Hayden tweeted out a reminder earlier today that three years ago to the day, the Browns cut him. And he and he said, I gotta believe him. I'm glad I believed in myself. And it's just a reminder to keep pushing forward. And the Steelers benefited from it. This should serve a reminder to all fans is that even when other teams get the talent, it doesn't matter if you just have talent. You gotta have a foundation to, to be able to preserve winning. You see that with the Jaguars, Yayannick Yannick Ngakwe. He was the last of the pro bowlers from that 2017 defense, and now they're all gone. The Steelers, they know what it's like to win. They know what it's like to build around winning and to keep that competition around. Joe Hayden
1: see, is seeing that now that he's with the team. All right, thanks, Chris. Mark, final word. Uh, it shows open, I referenced Mike Tannenbaum, the former NFL general manager, who said uh, as part of woke center that he thinks Ben Roethlisberger might be the number four quarterback in the AFC North. I think it's far more likely Ben will be the number one quarterback in the AFC North. I can see Lamar Jackson taking a a slight step back uh, after his MVP season. He's still a relatively inexperienced young man uh, by the league standards. Joe Burrow is a rookie, a great rookie, a first pick overall. But he's with a real bad team and I think his salad days are going to be a bit tough. And when Baker Mayfield got drafted by the bronze first overall, I immediately christened him Johnny Manziel Jr. Yep. And he has done nothing but prove me right. And this will be the final nail in his coffin. He's going to be terrible. He's going to be horrible. And at the end of the year, everyone will call him Johnny Manziel Jr. in homage to me, the super genius, (laughs) tested IQ of 166 Uh,
0: Dale final word. Just to go off one
2: more. There you go.
1: There you go. Right on.
2: (laughs) You know the AFC North, uh, as as it's constituted, has been around for a little more than 20 years, and in that time, no team uh, has won the the league or won the division three times in a row. That's what the Ravens are going to be trying to do this year. Uh, The last team to do it was the Steelers from '94 to '97, Uh, and that's what the Browns, not having won the division since the '80s, so. History tells us that the Ravens won't win the division once again this year. We'll see if that plays out on the
0: football field. But if you're a follower of history, as I am, well, maybe that's the case. All right. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mark. Our final word now from social media from Dr. J. Cherish every rep you never know. And I'm here to remind you to mark your calendar. Halftime adjustments Wednesday night, 730. Download the free WPXI app on your smart TV and then join us as we discuss points uh, sports at the halfway mark of the week. And that's the final word for this night. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark and Dale and Chris. Thanks for staying up late for the Subway Final Word. See you next time.